if you believe that you know you're a good person and money will take care of itself and then you see other people acting a way that doesn't fit that narrative you are going to view them in a negative light they will occur for you as being people who aren't good just by the sole nature of you believing that like what you're doing is good right so you kind of see people through a predetermined lens like they'll occur for you in a certain way because they aren't playing the way that you think the game should be played and they're winning welcome to beyond the dollar a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being i'm sarah lee kane founder of high fiving dollars and i'm garrett philbin the founder of be awesome not broke as money coaches We want to give you space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. In this episode, we explore common money myths and how they can prevent us from living our best financial lives. We talk about examples of how these have manifested in our own lives and what we've done to combat them. We also talk about how these myths can be positive and what you can do to help those around you with living their best lives. To find resources we shared in this episode, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dollar. If it is your first time joining us, welcome. We hope you enjoy the topic and please consider subscribing on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, No, don't consider subscribing, just subscribe. <laughs> Just literally like, don't even, don't even think there's an option. Just subscribe. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're going to love it. So just click that little button, that one, right? Yeah, there. I, I was done. Do it. I was going to say like, you know, we, we were going to, we were considering putting like subliminal tracks. So you guys would just do it without even realizing you're doing it. But hey, we're, we're about the transparency at, at beyond the dollar. So Garrett's just outright telling you to subscribe. So <laughs> do it. Or they already did it because they're good it. listeners we, and they did it the first time. love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about this episode? Oh my goodness. We're talking about common money myths and how these can actually prevent you from living your best life financially. And I love the three that we're really going to talk about first. And then hopefully we have more time to dig into more. If not, we will continue this episode in another episode. <laughs> yeah. I, we want to be able to give enough time to get into each one so we don't just try to kind of go surface level on each so it'll be really fun to dive into three or four and then yeah if we get a really good response and hear from you guys what some of your common money myths are as well then totally we should do a second episode yeah hit us up on twitter i am back on instagram if you i know if you've listened to a previous episode i got off Instagram, but now we have a beyond the dollar Instagram. So we're at beyond the dollar for your feed to DM us or comment on one of our pictures as to any common money miss or any suggestions of episodes you want to hear from us. Guess who's back? Yeah. Back again. <laughs> All right. Sarah's back. I'm a little nervous. I st- I'm not following yogis or fashionistas this time. So we will, we will you see. Learned your lesson. I did learn my lesson from last time. So Gary, you want to talk about the very first common money myth and how that can prevent us from living our best lives? Yeah, we came up with these both as a combination of what we've experienced in our own lives and then what we've heard from friends, clients, family. And this is one that comes up a fair amount, which is if you are a good person and does what's right, the money will take care of itself. Sarah, you ever heard that one? Oh 
Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many things to say about this. The first thought that I had when I read this was office politics. I, wow, I've always, I did not see that going I, there. I've always had Continue. this thought that if I just put my head down, I do good work. I mm. present myself in a professional manner that my boss will just notice what I do and give me a promotion or praise me or give me a really big bonus at the end of the year. That's always been my attitude. That is something that I've heard growing up time and time again. But I've seen people rise up in the ranks. They may not be the most qualified. They may not be the hardest working. They may not even be good people, let's be frank. And, you know, they they play, again, office politics. They schmooze the right people. And then, you know, they end up making more money than I do. And then I feel really resentful. And so... That's how it's really affected my financial life in the past. Well, it's funny because I can hear even in that you definitely have judgment for those people, which is kind of an extension of that myth as well, such as like, oh, I am doing good and I'm doing what's right. But these people who aren't necessarily as smart as me or aren't working as hard or play the office politics game, they can get ahead. So it's fun to actually hear that come out as you're describing it too and just pointing out like yeah that that may be true and they could be good people and they could be working harder than you and still get it yeah and it's it's funny you point that out it's one of the things i had to i'm still working on forgiveness over as you can tell by the tone of my voice is <laughs> is making judgments on other people just from what you see right and and the judgments that i'm making on, on these ex-colleagues are really at the surface level so I don't know if they're really, they're just coming across as lazy or they're coming across as a brown noser. I, I don't know any of that stuff, right? They, they could be doing something right and I'm just not seeing it. So if I'm so focused on I'm a good person and these people suck, I could be using that energy in a much more positive way. Maybe I could observe the office dynamics a little bit more. I could observe the the work culture a little bit more just to see like, well, why am I not getting promoted? Or why am I not getting those bonuses? And what can I do? Like, is there some sort of attitude I can adopt? Is there another way I can approach my work in order to earn more? Yeah, that part about attitude, because if you believe that, you know, you're a good person and money will take care of itself, and then you see other people acting a way that doesn't fit that narrative, like you are going to view them in a negative light, kind of obvious, but they will occur for you as being people who aren't good just by the sole nature of you believing that like what you're doing is good, right? So you kind of see people through a predetermined lens, like they'll occur for you in a certain way because they aren't playing the way that you think the game should be played and they're winning, quote unquote, that game. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. What about you guys? Like, how have you seen this played in your life? I see this as a way for people to not necessarily take responsibility for becoming aware of what's going on financially. So I feel in the world of not necessarily manifesting, but positive thinking, there's this idea if I put out the good vibes and if I show up in a positive way, then it will work. And again, it's very possible that it will. And it does for some people. But I've heard it used as 
an excuse or permission for them to not feel like they need to learn things that actually could help them. So it's almost used as an excuse to not have to do the work. And so it's more often than not covering up for something. You know, because if you say, well, everything's going to be all right, it'll be fine. And someone says, no, it'd actually be good to learn. What is that resistance to wanting to learn about money? You know, these are people who I've heard it from who are lifelong learners in other areas of their life. But then when money comes up, it's like, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll be totally fine. So it's where in other areas of their life, they are committed to learning and improving and self-development and personal professional development. And yet with money, it's like, oh, nope, don't need to do that. So I think when you can see incongruencies between these different areas of your life, then that should be a point at which you say, huh, I wonder why that is, why I have a different way of operating with money rather than, you know, in in area X, Y, Z of my life. Um, And that's oftentimes how I have seen it done. And yeah, I, I mean, to take ownership of it, that's kind of what I believed as well. It's like, yeah, you just do it and you show up, right? People will acknowledge that. That kind of reminds me of like the cliche, nice guys finish last. Like if you don't ask for what you want, you're not going to get it. Like I've seen that play in my life. And this has been really tested when I decided to go full time with, with my writing business. Like I had to negotiate. I had to ask for money. If not, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to pay the bills. I'm going to be worst case scenario sitting, you know, on the side of the street, homeless. Like this myth, I mean, it was still, it's still in some ways prevalent in my life where I have to really fight the urge to be like, man, if I just do good work, like the money will come. Like it doesn't work that way. You still have to ask for it. And sometimes maybe, you know, going back to the whole corporate context, maybe your boss does notice that you do good work. And maybe, you know, he kind of writes a mental note, okay, next time I'm going to talk to Sarah and we're going to talk about this race. Maybe he's busy, maybe she's busy, they forget. You need to speak up and remind them of of what you've contributed, right? The value of your work. And I have to remind my clients sometimes of that because they're also pulled in a million different directions. Like I just recently asked for a 50% raise for one of my existing clients. I had to ask for that. If I'm nice and just because I'm a good person, I'm a good worker, doesn't mean that I would have gotten it. And we're all very busy. Most of us are, I can take ownership of that language. And Sarah's giving a little nod here on video, <laughs> which is like, we're, we're all really busy and other people are looking out for their own interests. Not necessarily a bad thing, but we all have to look out. This is sounding much more pessimistic than I wanted. How do I want to say this? People are just busy. And so they won't necessarily think to go out of their way and always have you top of mind. And so it's really important to believe in the value that you provide, whether it's at the workplace or as a just general human being, and then share that and say, here's what I've been doing and here's what I want and here's what I would like and put it out there, right? Because you're right. People won't just naturally go out of their way and say, oh, you've been doing all of this. Of course, I'm going to acknowledge you in the exact way that you want. Here you go. I'm also wondering from a different lens, like, does this phrase or this myth mean, does it tie morality into how much money you should get? And I'm going to put that in air quotes, the word should. Like, if you're an evil person, you're going to be brought down and that money's going to go, they'll be gone, right? Like, But if you're like a good person in terms of like, you know, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you 
Um, don't cheat on your husband or your wife. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like any, every, anything that's. I'm like, uh, I drink occasionally, so I'm a terrible person, everyone. Here we go. <laughs> Um, Hence that tequila reference yeah. that was from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, there's inherent judgment in that, so that allows the person who believes this to kind of get on a high horse potentially. And again, when it's so nebulous, what does good mean? What does right mean? Money is neither good or bad. So I think that's a really good point is just to look at what value judgments are being brought to each of these myths, because whatever value you are bringing into it will color and affect how you see people who both operate with that same myth and people who don't fit within the myth. And then if you resent and judge people who don't fit within that belief that you have, that's going to hold you back from connecting to them to supporting them, to understanding what it is they really need and want, which will ultimately lead to more resentment and judgment on your end, and likely people not wanting to be around that, and that will keep you further behind. And again, another cliche, because I guess this will be the cliche episode, Garrett. (laughs) Cliche day. Cliche day. Um, What you focus on expands. So if you're just focusing on the negative aspect of earning money or the negative aspect of people and that's all you're focusing on, that's all you're going to see. So if all you're feeling is or focusing on is the resentment that you feel from everyone else around you getting more money, taking more time off, retiring earlier, things like that, then that's all you're going to see. You're never going to see that in your own life. And so wouldn't it be much more productive and better to focus on those things for yourself and how you can work on expanding that? The short answer is yes, that would be a lot more productive, (laughs) Sarah Lee Kane. And what ties into that one, I think when you were mentioning seeing other people around you making more money, is that idea of more money will make me happy. We did an episode about that in season one, episode two. And do you remember what our conclusion was in that, Sarah? I think the conclusion was no, or my my short-term memory just really bad. (laughs) I think you're right. You know, up to a level, there's that study of... If you, what is it, under $70,000, more or less as an average for the U.S., up to that point, yeah, it can make you happier to a pretty solid degree because that's when you're covering basic needs and wants. And actually, I saw a more recent study that shows that actually you do continue to get happier the more money you make. It's just to a lesser degree. Then again, it's also whether it's aligned with your values and your spending is being put towards the things that really matter because if it's not, then you will not be happy. So in what ways have you seen having more money in your life a negative thing? It's been negative when I make more money and I don't think about how exactly I want to use it. So when I get more money and then I think, oh, here's this shiny thing that I want. And I don't go back to, but wait, now that I just have more money doesn't mean that these things that weren't as important earlier suddenly become more important because I have the money to afford them. I have seen when I get more money, if I'm not completely tied into what matters and what's important, then I don't spend as intentionally and I don't get very much happiness out of that spending. And then it's like, well, shit. So that's (laughs) definitely how I've seen it. I can also share positive ones, but I want to hear your experience first. I think how it's playing in my life, at least the last I'd say the last few months, it's, it's almost dissipated now, is the pursuit of more money. 
is is having a negative impact. It wasn't necessarily like having more money. It was it was the, the my intention to earn more money this year. So if, again, go back. I think it was episode one of season one. I was talking about an income goal I had in mind and how frustrated I was getting over it. And so I remember snapping at my husband and just being really snippy with people. I just get really irritated. I wasn't being very present when I'd have family outings or trying to relax. And it was all attributed to this pressure I put on myself to earn more money. And it boiled down to why was I doing this? Like, why did I want to earn more money? What was the purpose of it? And was the way I was pursuing more money really in line with my integrity? And once I really stopped and asked myself those questions and was really super honest with the answers, that's when I began to really change course. I shifted my perspective on the way that I was pursuing it. I mean, I'm still earning more money, but the way I'm doing it is a lot different than it was a few months ago. And I'm much, much happier as a result. That's something that I think is so important to highlight is that it's not necessarily that more money could make you really happy. Again, is it aligned with your goals and your values and also how you make the money? I think what was that? We're just going to name drop episodes right now. <laughs> Episode five of season one, when we had Lisa Peterson on, she talked about right livelihood and making money in a way that aligns with your values and priorities as well. And I was just talking with a client who makes over six figures now, but is just so stressed that she is trying to figure out how to take an extended leave of absence. And then talking about possibilities, well, what if you were to make 80K instead? But we're working 30 hour weeks instead of 60 hour weeks. And just, she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I would so much rather do that. The time that I would have to be able to spend with my husband, with my daughter, and then what that would free up in terms of mental time and how much I could actually feel like I'm just not stressed and overwhelmed at work. Yeah, it's not just aligning, I guess you're spending with your values, but how you earn your money as well. Cause we're, a lot of us spend, you know, 40 hours a week at work. So how we spend that time is super important too and really affects how we show up in the areas that we often say are most important to us, like in our personal relationships, family relationships, romantic relationships. More money can make you happier for flipping the switch and making this into a positive phrase. Like I, pers- I before I quit, before I left my teaching job, I wanted a certain amount of money in my savings account. I wanted a massive, massive emergency fund because Worst case scenario, I wasn't making any money in the first six months of me going full time. We had enough in our emergency fund to cover up 18 months worth of expenses for the entire family. And it was security is a big, big value of mine. And so having all of that money in the bank account really cemented my value of having security. That was my version of security because I didn't want to feel like I had to go back to a nine to five, like I would feel very resentful and that wouldn't have helped my situation. I didn't want to put pressure on my husband to earn more or to squeeze every penny out of his paycheck. I didn't want the stress to affect our son. And so in that case, more money did help with our happiness levels. But again, it would, there was a purpose to having more money there. Yes. Just just <laughs> yes to that. I giving like snaps over here. <laughs> and one of the things too that really shifted for me was thinking, why do I want to make so much money this year or much more money this year than I did last year? And 
we have a goal of buying a home. And and so that obviously requires a down payment that requires a bigger emergency fund if we wanted to make um, repairs or different renovations to the home. And so we're actually sitting down this weekend to kind of crunch some numbers again. And so again, that has there's a purpose to that money. And so now we know, okay, we're working towards a house. We're not working towards, you know, $200,000 in income. We're working towards a house. Well, what about you, Garrett? How has more money made you happier? Well, it's allowed me to get some things that I do want. And again, when those things are what I know and have prioritized, I'm also excited to earn more so that I can have more of what I want. You know, I put it down as I want to have a two bedroom house that has a big ass living room so I can host sweet 90s dance parties for my friends once a month because, yeah, that's just what I'm into. Just drop that <laughs> mo money, mo problems. And I just literally I will, can't I will stop. come with a ponytail with a scrunchie. Or is that 80s? I don't remember now. That's, God, literally get your decades right. Now, I would kick your ass out if you showed up in like that. But at least I'd tell you what the dress code is and you could come back next week once you got your stuff together. And then I can use the more money that I'm making to, to buy 80s, or no, not an 80s, sorry, 90s appropriate attire. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, we'll get Sarah, you know, all straightened out with her different decades and what that all is, yeah. I promise, before next Th- episode. This is like showing you people out there are showing how old I am. I'm not that old, but I did grow up in the 80s. <laughs> Just barely. Just barely. So... I heard this somewhere else and thought it was a really great idea to just have like a mastermind brainstorm of really smart people and have them come over once a month and talk about, hey, what's one project or one thing that we can support each other on or that someone's working on or that we want to donate money to? That'd be pretty cool. I guess I could do that now in the studio apartment I'm in. But hey, I like the idea of having a larger space. Um, Love to have a second bedroom to make available to people who are working on a really cool project and Want, needed a place to stay just because also rent is really and um, not just renting for longer term but like hotels and Airbnbs are really expensive here so almost making it like a subsidized or a free room available for people who are working on really cool projects um, and just kind of coming through since there's a burgeoning tech scene and startup scene so just ideas like that where you know my want to give back and help others in the same way that I was supported as I was starting my business. That's kind of where that room comes in and I value being able to be fully self-expressed, which is where the dance parties come in because literally I just can't stop just breaking <laughs> it down. It, it literally <laughs> is true. So those things, right? That That's um, the manifestation of my values into more of like a tangible form. So that's where I'm like, hell yeah more money in that regard. And that's a vision that I have and it's going to happen. So watch out kids. All right. I will look on eBay. Not bring your scrunchies, say, but you will bring. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll look on eBay and Amazon or I'll just do a Google search. Be like nineties uh, appropriate attire. Actually, hmm, I'm thinking saved by the bell. Maybe I'll, I'll look like Kel- Kelly Kapowski, but Asian version of that <laughs> with the hairspray and okay, we're getting off and too big of a tangent, but anyway. That's all right. I'll, I'll rein you back in. Here we go. <laughs> Slowly pulling you back in. So this almost the opposite of what we were just talking about is the third myth is basically don't ask for too much and be grateful for what you already have. How have you seen that negatively affect you or clients? I think the problem comes in when you say because you should be grateful that then 
you know, you shouldn't ask for too much. It's like, well, be grateful for what you already have, but don't ask for too much or don't ask for much more. And I think it is problematic when um, one has to come at the expense of the other. So you have to be grateful, but then can't ask for more rather than you can be grateful and also want and ask for more. Um, so when those two are an either or statement, that's when it's been bad. But when they're completely independent of each other and not relying on each other and both can be true, that's when I think you can flip it on its head and actually turn, as Pitbull would say, a negative into a positive. <laughs> that was the worst Pitbull impression of all time, but please, God, forgive me, everyone. If Pitbull is listening, I apologize on behalf of Garrett. <laughs> if Pitbull's listening, I love you, bro. Okay, just get that out of there. Dale. I I wholeheartedly agree. It goes back to that cliche, what you focus on expands. If you're going to say, I am so grateful I'm staying at home and have a thriving career, but I hate looking at my messy apartment. You just negated everything you said before, but. So you're really not grateful if you think about it. But if you say, oh, yeah. Mind blown. I need an emoji gif. I'm like, can we just like teleport one through to our listeners? Is there like a, like, is there a technology that, anyways. <laughs> we'll build it. We'll, we'll build, build it, it after this episode. It's possible to be grateful and want more. There's nothing wrong with that. And it goes back to like, why is it that you want more money? Or why is it that you want more time off? Like any aspect of your life, it doesn't have to be financial. Like, why do you want more of something? Like right now, I want to start a bigger plant collection. I love succulents. I love plants. I have money trees all around there. I think there's a scientific name for them, but they're, I call, they're called money trees. And I want more of those because... It makes me feel happy. I actually feel a lot calmer having more greenery around. And so I'm grateful for the money trees I already have. And I want more. Like my, my husband just bought me one that's I think four feet tall. I'm like, I want more of those. I'm so grateful for this one I have. I, like, I'm going to go back to that plant store wherever he got it from and buy more. If we sound like a broken record around talking about the importance of finding your why and the things that are important to you, it's because that's important in and of itself and not just financially, right? If you're looking to get into a relationship, it's like, why do you want to be in a relationship? Is it because you feel that you aren't whole and complete and you need someone else to fill that void? Then that might not turn out as a successful relationship and you won't be fulfilled because you're looking to an external source to bring you something that you haven't been able to discover on your own. And with money, it's the same thing. If you're looking for it to just be this magical cure-all for that as soon as I have it, it will make me happy or I need more and I can't be grateful for what I have until I get it, then that's, that's where it's going to be problematic. So that's why we continually harp on or just recommend looking at your why and what's important to you because that's really what it all comes down to in money and I would say, in pretty much every other area of your life. Yeah, there's this phrase, I can't take credit for it, is don't outsource your happiness. You cannot outsource your happiness. And if you think about it in financial terms, like you cannot buy your way to happiness. You cannot make more money and be happy if you're outsourcing happiness. So we talked about how this be grateful for what you already have, don't ask for more, can be really limiting and ways to that it's okay to want more it's really helpful to know what your goals and values and priorities are. Do you have any, and I know I'm just springing this on you, but any practices 
whether it's mantras or things that you do to just help you get present to what you are grateful for? So I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on a previous episode. I find that whenever I'm stressed, even more so when I'm stressed, I do this a lot. I, I always think of three things I'm grateful for, but there have to be really, really specific and they have to be something I can visualize. So that's something I knew that I added a few months ago. It's like it's something I have to visualize. And so um, let's take my husband, for example. Okay, I'm really grateful for him, but I'm not going to say I'm grateful for my husband. I can say I'm really grateful for last week when he walked home and surprised me with his four foot money tree and put it by the window. And so I can visualize it. And then I can bring up these feelings of like gratefulness. And now I'm like, I want more of those trees because they're freaking awesome because I remember how happy I am and I want more of that. It doesn't have to be a person. It could even be, let's say you woke up and you didn't need to drink a cup of coffee and you were previously very addicted to caffeine. So you can say, I'm just so grateful today. I didn't drink coffee because I didn't feel like I was dependent on it. And so remember that feeling of when you first woke up and you didn't feel like you need that rush of caffeine. We talked about three money myths in particular, and those are some pretty big ones that we've both seen occur in our own lives and those in the people around us. And what happens when we start shifting away from these myths? We talked about this in an episode where it was a client of mine who had started changing her mindset and her way of operating, and then she ran into some challenges when people around her were in the mindset that she'd previously been in. So just what happens or how do we deal with when we start changing and getting out of these myths, but we're still in a place where other people have the same ones because we oftentimes surround ourselves with similar types of people. It's really important just to realize that all of us, like even when you get really judgy about people or people you don't even like, like just what really helps me is coming to this understanding or reminding myself that we're all just trying to be happy. We may not be going about the same way as somebody else, or maybe they're going about the way that you may not agree with, but at the end of the day, we're all just trying to find some version of happiness in our lives. And so if you're really struggling with once you shifted your mindset and yet you'd see, let's say your friend is really stressed and she uses shopping as a coping mechanism, like before you go and give her advice, which is a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) just remind yourself you know maybe i was at that point once she's just trying to find her version of happiness and all i can do is hope and you can say a prayer if you're spiritual religious it just you know pray for her or send her some positive energy and just say i hope she finds what she's looking for i'll take that one step further because i think that's a really good start and also i came off a personal development seminar this weekend. So that's why I'm just going to be like, and do all these things for them too, is that even if you get where you're going by yourself, it doesn't really matter, right? So if you get somewhere and the people around you aren't there, then what friggin' good is it anyway? So send good intentions out there and think of them. And then also get up in their shit and understand (laughs) and understand, you know, what is important to them. Because yes, everyone is human and we all want happiness or some sense of fulfillment. And don't just guess what it is or say, you should be going about it in the same way that I am. And hey, I hope that you get there, but also like enjoy my dust. Be like, hey, what's going on? Like, why is it, um, what's going on for you? What has happened? And really get to understand. Yeah, I know. Sarah's still laughing at the whole (laughs) get up in their shit thing. But it's true. If these people are people that you care about, step up for them really get to understand what they want, what they aren't getting that they wish they could have, and then support them. 
and stand for them and help them create that because it's not really helpful if you just say, well, I did it, now you should go get it too. But to say, hey, now that I have access to this, let me figure out what it is that you want that would get you you know, to the place that, uh, of hopeful happiness that you are and support them in that. Soapbox off, rant done. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I will say, and maybe we can do another episode on this, Garrett. Um, is, I mean, we are the two co-hosts, so we can do yeah, whatever yeah, we actually, want. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's true. We can do whatever we want. I, yeah. I would say that if you're really excited about the changes you're making and, and you know the mindset shifts you're making, you want to help other people, I, I wholeheartedly agree that that's a great idea. I would caution against sounding preachy and giving unwanted advice. You don't want to kind of get to that point because you're going to lose that person. So find some way to have a conversation where it can naturally lead to them asking you or it can naturally lead to you maybe give them a resource like a blog post, even a, a podcast episode like this. So actually this morning, my husband was talking about a coworker and she uh, just went through a divorce and she's kind of going through the motions and she wanted to talk to other females who... Um, who could talk to her about money. And so he obviously talked about me. And so I wrote down the episode with Kayla and Shanna on a post-it note. And I said, give this to her. If she listens to this and she wants to talk more, I am more than happy to point her to resources or introduce her to Kayla and Shanna. And so that's a way where I'm not giving advice. I'm just providing a resource and really allowing her to say, okay, I want to make space for this. Sarah, let's talk. Good point. And I would say the easiest remedy for that is to ask what's going on for people. So he was talking to her and in their conversation, he knew that she was going through a divorce. And then, like, so there was that understanding that he knew what was going on in her world. So I think if you always lead with, Hey, like what's going on, what's important to you, what are you working toward? And don't assume that's where you get into trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know, it's not that scary to just ask, or maybe it's scary in the beginning, but it's not hard and people love to talk. And I mean, look at us. We have a freaking podcast <laughs> where we just get to talk to each other and no one can tell us to shut up. Right? I would so, say you, Garrett, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but really, if you're, if you're worried about coming off as preachy or just giving advice, the only way in which you're giving unwarranted advice is if you have no idea what the other person wants. So if you're in that space, ask them what's going on for them. And that's a really easy fix and an entry point in a conversation. And most people really appreciate just being asked what's important to them, what they care about. So go out and do it today. I gave you one directive at the beginning. <laughs> Subscribe to this damn episode and podcast. <laughs> directive number two, go get up in someone's shit and ask them what's important to them for someone who you see in your life who is struggling or not as far along as they would like. Take the initiative to be the one to reach out to them rather than necessarily just saying, oh, I wish they were at a certain place where they aren't. Or start with yourself if you are still currently going through the motions. And again, please feel free to DM us on Instagram or tweet us at Beyond Dollar Pod. Instagram is at Beyond the Dollar. Anything else you want to add, Garrett? Yeah, if anyone wants to be like, hey, Garrett, nice preach. Where are you being inauthentic and showing up in that way? Dude, just send an email to Beyond the Dollar and uh, I'll totally let you know. We were running out of time for this episode, but you know, full authenticity. I'll hit you back and let you know. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode of Beyond the Dollar. As always, we have a wrap-up question. So today's wrap-up question is, which money miss was the most surprising to you or 
which one is your most powerful money myth. And as always, we love hearing from you. So please send us a DM on Instagram at beyond the dollar or hit us up on Twitter at beyond dollar pod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of beyond the dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.